everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Knock-On, brought to you by Zero Tackle. Now, Dan, it may be the off-season and the greatest game of all, but we're about to start the uh, Pacific Nations competitions and obviously uh, Tonga heading over to England. You'd hope that Rugby League would just, just give you a week off, but, mate, the news just keeps on coming. Rugby League just keeps on rolling. What do you got for us this week, mate? Well, it does, but we did sort of have a week off, you know, with the English Super League counting, of course. Um, it was a week too long for me, but the big news today, or yesterday by the time this drops, is that Keon Kalamatangi has said no deal to the rest of the NRL and is set to re-sign a massive long-term deal with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I'm going to let you go first on this because I've got plenty to say. I think I think it's a smart move from Keon because despite what players say, they read newspapers, they read Twitter, they read their social media, and he would have seen that the absolute dreck of the league in the Tigers, the Dogs and the Dragons were going to offer him a million dollars. And he went, you know what? Probably just going to stay with Souths. Makes a little bit of sense, right? Uh, on the flip side, you know, you're, you're always going to find these teams who can find more money later on in the season. You know, you wouldn't take much for, let's just say, the Sharks to do a little bit of creative accounting with some players off contract and turn and go, you know, we actually can give you the same as what you're going to get at Souths. But it's the same as what he's going to get at Souths. He's tried and tested there. He's become one of the best players or best edge back rowers in the competition. He's an absolute beast. He's well-liked outside of South Sydney. And he looks like one of those players that, you know, you can just tell, like, if a player scores a try that isn't very well-liked, he'll just get a couple of pats on the head and then you run back. But you can see when Kolomantangi does something good that the South's players, they run in, they love him. He scores a try. Everyone jumps all over. It's sort of like like a Brian Toto Stephen Crichton kind of situation. Like, you can just tell those guys are loved by their teammates, whereas, you know, Jerome Luai, not so much. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's a really, really smart move career, career-wise. career And as I said, it was just just the dross of the league getting linked to him, taking a $200,000 pay cut for the chance to play finals footy. Look, exactly right. There's a lot of bonuses in rep footy these days too, and I think your best – Best route to back to, to rep footy is to play in a good side. I think he's in one of the best in South Sydney. Look, they had a, they had a down season. Everyone knows it. I still don't know how they made they didn't make finals. They should have been there come the end of the series, uh, you know, the, the year. But I think South Sydney made a, a tremendous decision in getting this done before he could go to market because despite what we've heard, he can't officially talk to teams. They can't say, hey, we got this, we got this. You could say to me, yeah, look, the Bulldogs, they're not very good. And they're not. But they could have said, hey, we got 1.2. And the difference between 1.2 and 700 is starting, you know, to add up over two or three years. So to not turn his head, not give him the chance to have his head turned, I think it's brilliant. Now, there, there is talk that Jai Arrow may be the casualty here because, you know, salary cap's not infinite and Colin Matangi's got a big rise by all accounts. We, we haven't seen the contracts, obviously, but I think it's fair to assume he's going to be paid and paid very well. I think it's a risk they need to take. And if, if you tell me you could have Colin Matangi or Arrow, I'm taking Colin Matangi 11 times out of 10. I think South mm-hmm. Sydney made a genius decision. And if they got him for a cent under 800K, that is just pure value. I love it from the bunnies. I, I, now, now, going into this, I hadn't heard anything about Jai Arrow being the casualty here, but 
I actually think that would also be a great move by South Sydney as well because there will be teams that will take Jaira at full freight. Mm-hmm. And so South Sydney won't have to pay anything. So you could turn around and say, like, for 2025, they may have Kolomotangi on 800000 and Jaira would have been on 750000 But if you can remove that $750,000 all off the books, you're probably only looking at a $200,000 rise from Kolomotangi going from six to eight, just, you know, spitballing, right? So... Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really really smart move there, and also Kolomatangi is on the up. Jai Arrow is what better part thirty now, thirty one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 you know if you've got to pick between Kolomatangi now and Jai Arrow now, then you're picking Kolomatangi. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think you played their cards really well, as you said. You're twenty one days, three weeks from him being able to go to the market and hearing a ridiculous offer from the Bulldogs, the Tigers, the Dragons the Dolphins, you know, everyone would have been able to throw some kind of silly paycheck out in them for the fact that South Sydney have turned around and removed that. I think, yeah, very, very smart move. Yeah, I love it. I think it's best for everyone except those of us that were hoping that Kolomitangi would talk to our club, as we very much were, and I think you're, you're pretty silly if you weren't. But a player who uh, looks like he's on the move, and I was caught a little bit off guard by this, Josh Curran, 24 years old. I think he'd be 25 by the time the season starts next year. Had a pretty good season. I know he did play off the bench a lot, but this is a bloke that didn't let anyone down. Now, he did overcome some some silliness. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that in the off-season last year. And it's largely been forgotten because I wrote today, you know, it's something that will be published on Zero Tackle, hopefully by the time this goes up. And the general feedback was that pretty much everyone I spoke to was like, yeah, we take Josh Curran. This is a bloke who, you know, is going to be made expendable because they've got some freaks over there. And the, across the Tasman, they've got to re-sign. I, I feel like the Warriors might be making a mistake here, and I don't think there'll be a lack of potential suitors. I hope Cronulla, full disclosure, are in that that thing. I don't think he's exactly what we need, but if you offer to him, I'm taking him in a heartbeat. What are your thoughts on Josh Curran? Josh Curran this year became the victim of a journalist who tweeted out the wrong thing and took too long to delete it. Now... I can't remember who it was, but someone tweeted that Josh Curran was guilty of assaulting a an underaged female in a nightclub, and that's when everyone turned on. Now, it doesn't make it any better that it was an underage male, but had he punched an underage female in the face, then he shouldn't be playing the game, right? I'd argue that he shouldn't be playing the game because he struck a minor, but that minor was in a pub or nightclub, wherever it was. So the initial outburst of Josh Curran this year was that social media had actually let him down as well as him letting himself down, but it had let him down and too many people had clung to the fact that he had assaulted a young girl. And by the time that it was corrected, you still had all those people going, no, he hit a girl, he hit a girl. And when you actually show them the evidence and the facts that it was wrong, no, 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 he hit a girl. So that was, that was it there. I think as the season went on and Josh Curran was able to not focus about this pending court case, hanging over his head anymore and he's got to play his footy. He did really well for the Warriors. I think he was an integral piece that eventually got them in the top four. But as you said, they've got some really, really good players in their New South Wales Cup team. They've got some big forwards and they've got some players who are going to get pay rises as well. And they've also got someone named Roger Tuovasashek coming back into the competition. So if they've got to cut somebody to promote someone onto a minimum wage contract and Josh Curran is the person, then it's a very good business decision because, as you said, Josh Curran's a Sydney boy and there won't be any um, 
you know, he won't be short of any suitors. And again, from the Warriors, you, you probably find they won't be paying a cent of his contract. But again, for Josh Curran, it just happens to be that it's the Tigers, it's the Dragons. Um, you know, uh, I think I read the Raiders as well. Not a bad move for him. Um, but Josh Curran is a player who can actually add a lot to a strong finals football team. And I look at him at the moment and I think, well, I know they didn't play finals this year, but I think he's perfect for Parramatta. Uh, I think he's really, he'd make a great addition to Cronulla as well. Um, there are, you know, and he, he, he screams manly, you know, he just looks like, he just looks like he belongs at manly. So, um, I, I think, I think you'll pick up a good home. He's a good player. Um, you've just got to keep him away from the booze in the off-season, but he's a very, very good player. Look, yeah, completely fair. Now, now, without hopefully it's already published and probably even appearing, hopefully we're in the article right now, but I've said that if it's next year, I think Cronulla should go hard. I don't know whether they will. I know the Dragons will 100% go hard. Funding that's come out and said that he'll sign any player who will improve the squad. Josh Curran walks into that squad. I, I had a Dragons fan say, what about Debellum? What about Debellum? Moving to the prop. Who's you know, problem solved, who cares? Plus, this bloke can play in the back row just as well as he can play at lock. And then I said, but if it's the year after, I think he goes to Canberra because Elliot Whitehead announced his retirement, what, 48 hours ago? Who's the ready-made replacement for Elliot Whitehead? Whitehead, sorry, Josh Curran. So I, I think I think if he stays put, and I don't know what the terms are yet because it sort of broke as we're, as we're recording this or getting ready for it anyways, whether it needs to be now or... Oh, cool. Twelve months is okay. You it's, for, it's for twenty twenty four. Well, there you go. I think he. I think he's uh, the dragons will be right up in there, and I'll be sure. I think, I think the dragons will be right up in there as well. But I, I, I could see him going to the Raiders. I, like right now, he would fit into the Raiders team because they, they've got some really, really ordinary forwards. So they do. He's um, a bit of a shock, but you know, I hopefully Cronulla hopefully Fitzy's on the on the phone. Uh, look, it's speaking a shock, mate. Dylan Edwards will make his rep footy debut, long overdue, most will, will agree, on the wing for the Kangaroos. Um, didn't see this coming. Oh, look, I did. I saw it coming the minute he was put into the team because, you know, he, he, he's overdue a rep jersey and Mal Meninga has just bought himself some brownie points. Mm-hmm. You know, people people are, you know, starting to question whether Mal Meninga is the right person for the Australian team because... You know, should he be back in the NRL? Should he be doing this? Should he be doing that? He's was involved with the Titans earlier this year. I don't think he is anymore. Um, but this is this is a this is a token selection. It's well deserved. I think he should be playing fullback at full disclosure. Um, is Selwyn Cobo the other winger? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and the centers. Uh, the centers are Hammer and Stags. So Valentine Holmes has missed out. Okay. Yeah, because uh, they are suspended. Yeah. Okay. So I I I feel that, and I I I feel that this is his token game, and then when Val Holmes comes back, Edwards will probably be the one to miss out. Um, but you know, where else was he going to play? You can't put him on the bench. So yeah, no, that's true. I look, I I don't I don't dislike this move. I think he'll do a handy handy job. Uh, probably do very very well. To be totally honest, I. I went on Twitter and I put a tweet out. Now, look, I was full disclosure looking for a fight at the gym. Uh, an online scrap because it helps me pass the time when I'm on the on the bike because I hate it. I said that he and Cobb are probably the worst Aussie wing combo I can remember. Now there were there were some pretty ordinary ones with the greatest respect because we're talking the elite of the elite. But when I think of Kangaroo's wingers, I think 
or any Kangaroos player, if you're not in the top 15 or 20 in the in the competition, you're not making a Kangaroos side. And, I mean, you got Selwyn Cobber, who is a freak, an enigma, but his bad games are terrible. And then you've got a bloke who's played, what, three games in wing in his, his entire career because he's always been a fullback or at least in his, his adult life. Oh, I look at that and I think, oh, geez, it's not real good. And then I think Dylan Edwards is going to be more than fine. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to run for 200 metres. He'll probably score a try or two. I look at the opposition and then then someone asked me, who would you put in instead? And I'm like, oh, I can think of 10 better wingers. I think of Brian Toe. I can think of uh, Daniel Tupu. And then you look at them and you think, they're all playing elsewhere. Val's probably the only better selection. Now, so I heard someone say that Nico should play in the centres with Hammer on the wing. I just want to kibosh that right now. Nico Hines was tried at centre in origin, didn't work out, albeit cold and without a plan. But, you know, minimal disruption. I don't hate this. I don't think this is the strongest Australian side because obviously Val Holmes comes back in. I still maintain he's the best winger in the world when he wants to be, and he's probably one of the couple of elite centres. So he or Hammer can go on the wing. But, mate, I, I think Dylan Edwards, I think he's going to be okay. Oh, yeah, he's going to be fine. And as, as we said, not discrediting the Samoan team because there's some fantastic players in there, but they haven't got the halves to match them. And I, I very, very strange selection for mine, Stephen Crichton at 5'8", when Ronald Vulcan's in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they... You got you got to leave it with him. Well, Edwards is going to be fine. He'll he'll make his two hundred and fifty meters, as you said. He'll he's just Mister Reliable. The one thing with Dylan Edwards is every single week he's an eight out of ten. Every single week he's an eight out of ten, and he's going to be the same uh, for the Kangaroos. And I turn and say, oh, what about as an aerial threat? You do realize, like, despite Dylan Edwards being small, the guy that he's marking is shorter than him. Mm-hmm. So. I don't really think you're going to have to worry about too much of an aerial threat. If it was being marked up on Daniel Tupo, you could probably turn around and go, hey, Mal, just make that switch during the game. But no, he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, Terry. Talk to you. We're going to skip the negativity. It's the yeah. off-season. It's negative enough. We're going to jump straight into the chat. As a big New South Wales Blues fan myself, and you obviously not, Madge, Cartwright, Daily, these are the names we've got coming up saying, hey, I want to coach the Blues. And as a Blues fan, I'm thinking, is this the best we got? Well, let's start with Madge. It's a huge conflict of interest because he's the current New Zealand coach. Mm-hmm. So if he does get the job, I think he's going to be a step down now. It'll, it'll, he'll have to step down from New Zealand. Now, for a three-game series, I actually don't, I don't hate the shout of Michael Maguire. I think for three weeks in origin, he is exactly the profile of person that you want. Someone who's going to be hard-nosed, take no crap, make you train hard, make you train harder, make you play really hard, believe in the passion of that jersey that you're putting on, and then at the end of the thing, you just dust your hands off and go away. The profile of coach, though, for Michael McGuire, he's got no results to his name recently, like... He hasn't even done a good job with New Zealand. Like the fact that New Zealand didn't make a World Cup final, he hasn't done a good job with them. And his record at the Tigers just went backwards. Okay. Finished ninth, got a wooden spoon, got sacked from a bloke who interviewed himself. Just leave it as it is. Cartwright, when when I read that, I was like, you know what? He'd be better off with me and you coaching the Blues. And you love the Blues and I hate him. 
right? So you'd you'd be much better off with with them. Laurie Daly, I don't know. Did he do any good for the Blues? I think he did. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Like I want to give my I want to give my two cents on what I think, but again, it, it really doesn't make a lick of difference what I say because. I wear the opposite jersey to, to who's putting the hand up for it. So, yeah, but but that that's what we want. We want when Brad Fittler stepped down, Queensland fans went oh, and mm-hmm. New South Wales fans said yay. That says everything went wrong over the past couple of seasons. And yeah, I know. Really, the the, the minute that happened, I tweeted the Israel Folau picture of himself crying. Yeah, it, it's like people going, "Oh, he's got a fifty percent win rate." Okay, that is good in Origin. I get it. But when you look at the sides that he lost to, and look, I don't mean to make fun, but they had like their fifth string fullback. They had Cam Munster, who I I say with seriousness, slept about three hours that week after partying after the Storm Grand Final 2020. Branko and Edric Lee can't even play first grade and they got picked for origin. Corey Allen was their fullback. So, like, again, with the greatest respect, these guys are, you know, fantastic footballers and they're not, but they're not what New South Wales had time after time. So, yeah, I, I'm on record as not being a particularly big fan of Brad Fittler, so I'm happy he's gone. Look, Madge, I, I love the shout in the three weeks. You know, it's, it's what, a nine-week nine job, a ten-week job. They just need someone who can just point them in the right direction, lay a simple plan out and pick the best players available. I still I'll, I'll scream bloody murder that it's Jeff Tuvey. If you're not, go get Jason Taylor. This is a guy who seems to have the Bears running and I know he's got an assistant role and I know he didn't do particularly well South or the Tigers or whoever he was there. That's another player who just seems to seems to get things right short term. You've only got to win two games. Like, I, I can't write no. Madge, if, you ha- if I had to choose out of three, yes. I don't want Laurie Daly anywhere near the side. I don't want Greg Alexander anywhere near the side. All these talks of the Johns boys, yeah, Matty Johns, not Andrew, Danny Badiris, Boy Cordner. These are blokes I want in there, but not coaching. Boy Cordner. My my, my initial shout was if you're thinking of someone recently, right? Because you have a look at if you have a look at Queensland with Billy Slater, he's he's gone in there for the recency of what he has done, right? So if you're going for the recency of someone who would give everything for New South Wales, it's it's Paul Gallon, right? This is a guy who used to fake an injury for Cronulla. So he, but a week later he'd be all right to go and run 200 metres in 80 oh. minutes prop for Cronulla. But I don't one, I don't think he'd be very well welcomed by the Blues fans. And two, I I don't I actually don't think he'd be a good coach, right? But he is the type of person like if you're appointing a coach, you've got to turn around to this guy and go, by the way, Paul Gallon's going to be there every single day. From sunrise to sunset, he's going to be there and he's probably going to do 80% of the talking and training to get these guys fired up and he's, he's going to bash someone. I don't care who it is, he's going to bash someone every day, whether it's the same person or someone different. He's going to flog the living daylights out of this team until they understand what it means to play for New South Wales. Now, people will laugh at that and go, oh, Gallon was the captain of you know the worst New South Wales teams and the the team that lost eight in a row. Yeah, it's a freaks of Queensland, right? You're never going to see that again. Four generational players born in one generation in the same state within 20 Ks of each other. It's unheard of. Um, 
Yeah, and, and Greg Inglis born in Newcastle. Um, so, I mean, this is like that. That's what you had to deal with there. Like you, you drop uh, prime Paul Gallon into this current New South Wales team, and you, you're going to see him in a completely different light. I'd love you, for New South Wales to get someone like Greg Bird in there with him as well, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know who the right person is, and I can't say it because I've got no passion for New South Wales. But of all the names that have come forward at the moment, probably just very high Brad Fittler. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a good spot. If if you're going to put say I, I think Boyd Corner's the, the shout. I mean, I know he, I know he's only 32 or something. He's, he's currently on SAS and he's killing it by all accounts. He was talking footy and he was tearing up. And this guy, this guy would die. He, he almost died on the field numerous times. And I, I say that lightheartedly, but it's true. This guy risked his life going out there for the Roosters in New South Wales and Australia. You put him as the figurehead, you put Madge and you put Laurie Daly as his assistant, I think you got a similar situation to what you had with Melbourne Inga. Because you can't tell me he was pulling the reins for all those years, but he was the one that was figurehead. There no, was no, no, my, yeah, Michael Hagen is the one who they give the unofficial credit to. Spot on. But you you tell, if you go, okay, Madge, says, or you run through a wall, or Boyd Cordner says run through a wall, I guarantee you to a man, they run harder for Boyd Cordner. So I, I don't have an answer yet other than Jeff Tui, but that, he hasn't even been mentioned. So I don't know whether they've asked him and he's told him to, you know, take a hike or whether they just don't rate him. But I, thank God Brad Phillips gone. Now, one that you probably haven't seen, I only saw this as we were recording, um, Tigers legend, Benny Elias, has come yeah, out. Yeah, Benny Elias a camera. It came out and said that the Tigers need to apologise to Tim Sheens the way uh, they sent him on his way, the way he exited the club. Uh, as as unofficial Tigers fans, yourself and I, um, I think Tim Sheens owes the Tigers an apology because I think he absolutely he snooked him for a year and a half of pay that probably he should never have taken. I'm, I'm just reading this now. League legend Benny Elias has revealed he went out of his way to apologise to Tim Sheens after he was disgusted by the way, the Tigers' treatment of the experienced coach. Blah, blah, blah. Sheens was sacked as head coach less than 12 months in a five-year succession plan with assistant coach. Instead, power broke as part of ways with Sheens in August, citing concerns by key stakeholders over the club's direction. I walked straight up to him and said, I'm sorry on behalf of the club. It was embarrassing. No, 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 no. Benny, the Tigers need to apologise to you as a Tigers fan. And they need to apologise to all Tigers fans for allowing Tim Sheens to sack Michael Maguire, for allowing Tim Sheens to conduct a global, we read it was a global search for the next coach. Tim Sheens conducted a global search for the next coach. And he decided that at 71 years old, he was the best candidate for this job. 12, 10 years after he'd been sacked from the Tigers, when they said he was running out of ideas and he wasn't fresh anymore, they brought him back 10 years later after he did absolutely nothing in England, like not even a cup final or a grand final, nothing. He hired himself for two years and he said, you know what happens when I'm finished? We're going to give the reins to Benji Marshall, who everyone turns around and says has the passion for the Tigers. No, he doesn't. He played one season for South Sydney, was it? And when he had to go on TV show for a charity, it was the South Sydney charity. Not the West Tigers charity, it was the South Sydney charity. So we're going to give it to him. We're going to give it to Robbie Farrer. And Robbie Farrer has already upset so many people in there since he's been back. Like he had an argument with their new re- recruitment guru. So 
you don't need to apologize to Tim Sheens. The Tigers don't need to apologize to Tim Sheens. The Tigers need to apologize for their fans again for bollocking this situation up. Absolutely mental that they came up with Father Time is going to be the person for two years. If that's your answer and you didn't really care about the results for the next two years, just appoint Benji Marshall on a five-year deal and say first year, first two years are a free hit. And the lack of the direction by the club, you allowed him as the chief of football to conduct a global search and hire himself. He took the club to a basket case because the club is a basket case. Period, point blank. There is no other explanation. There is nothing else you can say about it. He was allowed to run it as a circus because there are clowns in there at the moment just allowing people to do this. And Tim Sheens just did what he thought he could do. You don't need to apologise to Tim Sheens. You need to apologise to everyone else. Apologise to the fans, the sponsors, and apologise to me and you for having to watch this dross for 27 weeks of the year. That's who you've got to say sorry to. That is completely fair, and I was hoping for that exact reaction. I could not believe this when I saw it. And as soon as I said the name Benny Elias, your eyes rolled, as did 99.9% of the Tigers fan base. Legend of a player, but a bloke who should stop talking about the Tigers. And I I love him. I I remember him for New South Wales. I'm a huge fan. If he was to put his hand on the show, to come on the show, I would fanboy hard. But this is a bloke who shouldn't have a say on how this club is run. The Tigers don't need to apologise to Tim Sheens. He should pay back half the money that he took. This was a miserable, miserable failure from the second it was signed on. I think he overstayed his welcome by many weeks and they should have moved him on and brought Benji Marshall in much earlier. I'm like you. I think this succession plan is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. Uh, And I, I don't think for the first time, I don't think many fans of the club are overly happy with the decisions made and they're even less happy with another club legend coming out and saying something silly. Uh, I, I mean, this is a podcast all on itself for uh, the the fundamental failures of the West Tigers over the last 12 years. Long time. Right? I have two children that have never seen the West Tigers play a finals football game. The Like, oh, my God. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Moving on from the Tigers, we move to the Tigers as a Stefano Utakamanu has come out and said that He's willing to waive a clause that says that he's a free agent at the end of 2024 if they don't play finals football. Uh, as long as Which they, they won't. They won't play finals football. Well, I, I think it's a big statement that says, shouldn't he come out and say, we're going to play finals football anyways? But if we don't, the fact that he's come out and said this says to me, one, he's sick and tired of this club. Two, he doesn't think they're playing finals football. And three, I can just say straight off the bat, this is a weird cause. And I don't think any other player in the competition would have this, especially at any other well-run club. What do you think about this bloke coming out and saying this? I I know why he did, because he came out and said, I'm sick of the leaks, because the fact that we know this cause is in there, Terry, is only because of a leak. That's pretty embarrassing. But, you know, this is a young guy who's come out. He obviously loves the club, and he's willing to stick through them through some some negative times, it's just tight. Yeah, you'd be surprised at some of the clauses that are in contracts. So you only have to remember back to like 2010 when we got stung with the uh, Blake Ferguson has a get-out clause if Ricky Stewart isn't the coach and no one at Cronulla knew about it and they sacked Ricky Stewart and Blake Ferguson. Well, I'm going to Canberra. And we nothing you can do about it, right? There are clauses in there about... You know, if you don't play a certain amount of games, you can you can activate yourself and become a free agent. Or 
Um, yeah, there's 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 so many different clauses. So a top eight clause is probably not unusual for teams that go and sign with fringe players. Like, um, just use Newcastle for example, who are always a fringe top eight team, right? They either, you know, bottom bottom eight or no, sorry bottom half of the top eight or just outside of the top eight, right? So you'd probably find that players get con- get contracts with them and say, if we don't play finals two years in a row, I'm out, okay? And then it just it's just, you know, made by the Knights turn to go, you're going to activate that clause, okay, we'll just put it out in the paper and say that we've allowed you to move on because you're not happy. So, but I think Udo Kamani handled it really, I handled the media side of it 75% perfect when he turned around and said, I don't want to activate this clause don't worry about it, but what we need to stop are the leaks in the club because no one should have known about this apart from myself and the Tigers. And I think that that was a very, very mature response. But the fact that he's coming out to address that says that he isn't confident that the Tigers are going to play finals football in 2024. And he's probably got his eyes, you know, on some clubs that may have some money. And he's probably said to his agent, hey, like, while I'm not allowed to speak to any of these clubs, wink, wink, just put some feelers out there when you're having chats about this guy here turning and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, the Tigers are in the bottom four. They're not going to play next year. You got any money for Steph? You never know. Like, that. that's that's probably what's happening there. So I don't think it's a strange clause, and I think you'll find that there'll be, you know, so many clauses in NRL contracts these days that thousands of players have, have got a clause like this in there. But I, I just think that the timing of it, that's what's strange to me. The the season's just finished. You've just come last and you're coming out going, don't worry about it if we don't make finals next year because that's you just straight up saying, we're not playing finals next year. Yeah, and look, you and I are agree in agreement with Stefano. I don't think they are. This is a bloke that's coming off an origin, you know, mm-hmm. bit of a shock decision, but, you know. Hey, undeserved origin selection, by the way. Yeah, but he didn't let anyone down, to be honest, and I think he's got some some origins in his future. This is a kid with that the Tigers need to build around. So unless they've specifically gone to him and said, oh, we need you to say this, I don't see why it came up. You're probably right. Maybe he's got his eyes elsewhere and he's he's sort of saying, oh, you know, I've got a clause that's in there next year, but I'm not going to use it. Potentially. Who knows what's going on with these players and more specifically the agents. But it's just another day, another leak at the Tigers. And I know there's some infighting and, and – the, the majority owner of the club wants the CEO out and there's talk that the CEO will take the million-dollar sponsorship. I don't know if there's any truth to that. It, it's been suggested and I'm certainly not suggesting that's a fact because I straight up don't know. But for a club to be in a position where a bloke can do that just says to me, Terry, you and I need to go in, gut that club and fix it up because I don't think we could do any worse in this current lot. And, my God, if they lose a player like Utakamanu, I know he said what he said, but we've heard players say much more serious things and then backtrack as soon as some dollars hit the account or get waived in the past. If they yeah. lose a player of his talents, oh, my word. I, I mean, 12 months ago, Selwyn Cobbo was on a podcast saying that Kevin Walters can't coach. 12 months later, they're in a grand final, right? So I, I, I sometimes I just think that the, the, the players either don't have the education or the training or whatever or – they know what they want to say in their head, but they just don't articulate it. And, and as I said, I don't think Urukamanu said anything out of tune. Like he didn't turn around and say that the Tigers are a terrible club and he can't wait to get out of there. 
He said, don't worry about this clause. I'm not activating it at the moment. But the fact that he's even talking about it, there is a suggestion that he doesn't believe that they're going to make the finals in 2024, much like you and I don't believe it, much like 90% of the rugby league world don't believe that the finals are going to be, the Tigers are going to be playing finals anytime soon. So I think, I think he did, like, for a young kid, remember, he's 20 years old and, you know, he looks really, really shy getting in front of the camera. But I think, um, yeah, it, I get what he wanted to say. He just didn't articulate it properly. Yeah, certainly not the worst thing that'll happen to the Tigers this week. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Knock On brought to you by Zero Tackle. It is a great source of information for everything rugby league. You can literally click on there and find out about contracts, about player movements, who's off contract, who's moving where. I think I saw something about the Super League on there the other day as well, which is... Uh, which is great to see as well. Uh, and I'm seeing that my co-host wrote that article about the players who may make it over here. We did miss a couple of them out, full disclosure. Um, but uh, look, Dan, what's happened on Zero Tackle this week? What can we expect in the off-season? Well, the big one right now is that Scott has dropped the first 10 of his top 50 NRL players. Now, it is based on form from this year. Not entirely, but majority so Joey Manu was named between 40 and 50, and people seem to have a big problem with that. I can probably name 35 players that had a better season than Joey Manu without too much trouble. So, you know, it's good, good to see some feedback in the, uh, in the Instagrams, but, you know, make sure you read before you comment would be my suggestion. As we get closer to the top 10, I think the comments will intensify. So I'm glad he got that one and not me. Uh, I, I'm going to drop some five landing spots over the next few days with Angus Crichton went live today and he's going to be a humongous demand uh some other players i won't i won't blow just yet but that but that's coming up but of course my my top 10 in each position this season which is always makes me super popular that is in the works we're just working out when but uh yeah look rugby league never sleeps we've got you know pacific championship male and female coming up you know there's a super league grand final this week go the weekend warriors um look it's, it's it just doesn't stop yeah and as i said mate you Click on Zero Tackle every day. There's new articles. There's new things on there. But it's it's a great source of information for everybody on there. Do check it out. You'll see Dan and I on there a lot as well. And uh, until next week, Dan. <laughs>